Hello everyone, my name is Tiffany and I'm one of the youth project workers here at BLAM. Today we wanted to discuss the topic of racism in the British education system during the 1960s and the 1970s. You may have seen Steve McQueen's five-part series, Small Acts, which broadcasts on BBC One every week for the past five weeks. Follow the story of a young black boy called Kingsley, who, like many black children at the time, were forced to go to what was called a term that should never be used to describe someone's level of understanding or intelligence. However, this was the term used by the government at the time to describe children who were believed to have a low or below average level of intelligence and having learning difficulties that could not be catered to in an ordinary school. The government even went as far as to call these children retarded, a derogatory term. However, before we get into racism within the education system at this time, it is important to look at the background of what was happening. At this time, there was an increased number of Caribbean people coming to the UK due to a period you may know as the Windrush. This was when people from the Commonwealth were encouraged to come to Britain between 1948 and 1971 to help rebuild the nation after the effect of World War II. Between 1951 and 1954, only 13,500 Caribbean people were in Britain. The vast majority were men. However, between May and December 1961, a further 47,560 people, men, women and children, exchanged life on the Caribbean islands for the one we call Britain. And between January and June 1962, a further 31,810 Caribbean people made the trip overseas. This eventually led to the increase of black children within the education system in the 1960s and the 1970s. With the increased diversity in the UK, the government launched the Race Relations Act 1968. This made it illegal to discriminate against someone because of the colour of their skin, their race or ethnic origin. For example, landlords could no longer use this as a reason as to why they wanted to refuse someone an accommodation. However, there were some loopholes. For example, if the landlord lived on the same premises as his tenants, that property was deemed as private. Therefore, he could choose who could and couldn't live there, even if it had to do with their race. This also translated into other areas in society, such as work. Caribbean people found that they were unable to obtain the roles in which they were qualified for, and when they did, they faced great prejudice. This meant that Caribbean people were forced to take on more vocational roles, which didn't pay very well, leading to a rise in the black community living in a low-income household. However, Caribbean people tried to strive for a better life and that ideal often looked like ensuring their children were in school. Between 1963 and 1965, there had been a 51.3% increase in the number of Caribbean children in the British school system. A study carried out by the Community Relations Committee in 1971 found that one in three children in British schools by that time were either born outside of the UK or were the children of parents who had moved to Britain from overseas. 40% of those children were from the Caribbean. Fearful of the rise in non-white students in school, Dennis Howell, the Secretary of the Department of Education and Science in 1965, limited the number of what he called immigrant children in schools to 30%. There were 444 schools across Britain where this figure was exceeded. However, local authorities were not quick to change this as they saw it as a negative effect on children. Caribbean students were also affected due to their culture. Attitudes of school staff also contributed towards the negative effect the system was having on black children. 
teacher at the time was quoted for saying something along the lines of, they are able to be different as long as they are different. For example, Jamaican students would often speak Patois, a mixture of African, French, Spanish and English dialect. They were seen by teachers as unable to communicate properly. Children would be expected to take an IQ test where part of it was to determine their ability to communicate. Jamaicans or Caribbean children from any island who spoke with an accent or their mother tongue would often be failed in this aspect. However, when it came to the mathematics element, Caribbean students would often outshine their white peers. Where this happened, their score would often be excluded from the overall results. Therefore, black children were more likely to be sent to special schools known as ESNs, educationally subnormal schools. A study by the Inner London Education Authority in 1969 stated that Caribbean children were four times more likely to be misplaced in ESNs than any other child. There was a growing increase in the number of Caribbean children in these types of schools, from 23.3% in September 1966 to 36.9% in 1969. This is despite the fact that they only made up 13.2% of the ordinary school population, which only rose to 16.3%. This became a growing concern in the black community, amplified by a report issued by Haringey Education Committee in 1969. The report was called the Dalton Report. It aimed to create a band system, which, as they put it, would ensure the appropriate education for each individual pupil through streaming academic ability which was leaked, written by Alfred Dalton, the head teacher of Highgate School at the time, which contained the true reasoning behind the ban system. It stated that, rough calculation, about half the immigrants will be Caribbean at seven of the 11 schools. The significance of this being the general recognition that their IQs work out below their English contemporaries. Academic standards will be lower in schools where they form a larger group. Reading between the lines, we can see that Dalton was in fact trying to segregate schools as much as he could in an attempt to keep schools as white as possible. As a result of this leaked document, the Black Education Movement Association was formed, which ran an anti-banding campaign from 1969 to 1970. Other organisations that were integral at the time was the West Indian Standing Conference, which was formed after the Notting Hill Riots of 1958, and the North London West Indian Association, formed in 1965, which provided free legal advice and career and education guidance. The North London West Indian Association worked undercover in schools to gain information regarding the disproportionate treatment of black students in British schools. Similar to what we saw with the character of Hazel in the Education Small Axe episode. Opposite the North London West Indian Association was a group called the Highgate Radicals, who were a group of white parents who worked closely with the Labour Party and within Harringay Council. They were worried that more black children would be coming into their schools in their area because of this new ban system. Despite these two groups having a different agenda, the North London West Indian Association and the Highgate Radicals formed a coalition. They both did not want the banning system to happen. The Highgate Radicals were able to access the mainstream media in a way that their black opposition were unable to. It is also said that they were, a they were the reason that the North London West Indian Association were able to get a hold of the secret Dalton document. Seeing the outpour in people against the banning system, Haringey decided to postpone it and issued a pamphlet mainly aimed at black households called The Real Challenge, did not include any apology. 
The North London West Indian Association decided to take the matter to the Race Relation Board, set up as a way of enforcing and monitoring the effect of the Race Relation Act in 1968. The board determined that Haringey Council was in breach of Section 2 of the Act as they were denying children the right to an education facility because the Caribbean Education and Community Workers Association was set up and became the body for black education issues and the setting up of black supplementary schools. These supplementary schools have come to be known as Saturday schools. They provided black children with a greater sense of self-worth, confidence and knowledge. They provided children with the additional support they were not receiving from neither the mainstream or special schools. This was inspired by the Black Panther movement, which challenged the Eurocentric curriculum that excluded African and black basis of knowledge. The UK curriculum sought to identify black people as mere slaves and nothing more. Saturday schools could be found in cities such as London, Birmingham and Huddersfield in the 1960s. Usually run by volunteers, they provided history lessons on the rich history of Africa prior to the abduction of African people from their homes who were forced into slavery. However, greater awareness of the problems within the British school system was brought to light with the publication of Bernard Coed's How the West Indian Child is Made Educationally Subnormal in the British School System, which was directed at Caribbean parents. After this book was published, supplementary schools increased and could now be found in cities such as Manchester, Bradford and Leeds. Usually, members would pay a small fee of around £1 or so to help maintain the school or buy materials. Saturday schools are still around today, but fewer in number. This leads to them not being pushed academically and encouraged to take on more vocational work. However, he also noted that a large number of children had been misidentified. The publication also led to the increase of black parents being directly involved in their children's schooling as they could no longer trust the system they thought was going to help their children gain a better life and education than what they had. To this day, black Caribbean pupils still make up a substantial amount of student population in special needs schools and pupil referral units, in particular, young black boys. In a study carried out by Professor Steve Strand of Oxford University on SEN schools for those aged 5 to 16 years old, he identified that black and mixed heritage students are more likely to be identified as having a social, emotional or mental health need. 